0: So Lily, how exactly does an aspiring presidential candidate throw their hat into the ring?
1: So the first step is for the candidate to declare their candidacy, which is basically just a fancy way of saying they are announcing their plans to run for president. After that, the first step is caucuses and primaries, which you'll talk about more later. And that's essentially where people vote for candidates they would like to keep in the race. These events are really important because they narrow down the race by eliminating many many candidates and leaving just a few that have a much higher chance of actually getting far.
0: Awesome good to know.
1: So do you want to tell us a little bit about what happens after someone establishes themselves as a prominent candidate for president?
0: So each party um, during the summer before the election holds a convention, um, and during this time, the nominee chooses their running mate um, as they have been established as a leader of their party for that year. Um, So as you can see, there's quite a process to even get your name on the ballot, um, but there are other things that can stop you from being able to run. Um, So the three major limitations that you must um, abide by if you're running for president are that you must be at least 35 years of age, Um, a natural-born citizen of the United States, um, and you must have been a resident of the United States for at least 14 years um, leading up to when you are running. So, Lily, how does the checks and balances system come into play when it comes to presidential power?
1: Yeah, so constitutional limitations were created. Constitutional limitations were created for presidential powers because, of course, the people who created the Constitution the ones who were fleeing autocratic england so in order to create the most democracy possible the president can only be elected twice to serve for to serve two four-year terms however there there are loopholes so if a vice president steps into power and the term is at least halfway through then that vice president now president will be allowed two additional full terms if they choose to run making the total possible number of years someone can be in office six years.
0: Oh, interesting. That's good to know. I think a lot of people don't know that. Um, So that's great. Um, I agree.
1: So do you want to tell us a little bit about the importance of the DNC, Democratic National Convention, and the RNC, Republican National Convention in a presidential race?
0: I'd be happy to. So after a candidate is chosen by their party... Um, which happens at the national convention for said party. So we have the Republican National Convention and the Democratic National Convention. Um, so these conventions occur during the summer leading up to the election, and the selection of a vice president um, happens during this process, as we said before, um, and this is an incredibly important part of the presidential election process, um, and the DNC and RNC itself kind of gives each party the opportunity to promote on national television and through a big event um, their candidate for the presidency, so it's kind of like a kickoff to like the final um race for the presidency.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. So, um, Willie, could you tell us a bit about um, the importance of the primary system um, and how it affects the presidential race? So,
1: like I said before, the primaries are really important because anyone can run for president as long as they fall into those three categories, right? So, anyone can run for president, which means... Inevitably, every four years, there are going to be a lot of people in the race. Primaries mm-hmm. are really important because we can't have 100 people on the ballot, right? So right. primaries are going to take that number from, uh, you know, a much higher number mm-hmm. to a much lower number and actually depending on what the people want. So,
0: Interesting. That's great to know um very important um and then our additional point we have here is about um kind of going more into um the importance of the vice presidential pick so the vice president will serve as a major political liaison between congress and the executive branch and they historically have taken on the role of the president deems necessary to the success of the presidential office that um, the president um, themselves cannot take on at that time. Um, So additionally, should the president be rendered unable to execute the responsibilities of the office, either due to death, disease, or any other debilitating condition um, deemed dangerous by the president, Um, The president will then concede his office, um, either temporarily or permanently, depending on the circumstance, to the vice president so that the nation can continue. Um, So, you know, not only is it important while someone is running for president who they pick as their running mate, as that could either boost their polls or drag them down. But it's incredibly important once um, the presidential ticket is elected, um, because the vice president does have a major role in democracy.
1: Very much. So now I can go, I talked about the primaries, but obviously those are before the actual election. Mm-hmm. So the election, as I'm sure you all know, takes place November 3rd every four years. So this is an election year and the process looks different in every state because elections are run by the state. Um, but We can use ohio as an example so i can take you guys through a bit of the process so for example ohio all ballots are paper and are scanned electronically before being placed into secure boxes then bipartisan workers are like the most important aspect of this because obviously we don't want bias Mm uh so a group of bipartisan workers will bring the ballots to the board of electors of each County where information will be stored on memory cards that aren't connected to the internet. Each country, each county's board of elections then brings their results to their state secretary, their state's secretary of state office, which will count the votes. And then from there, it's the responsibility of the electoral college for that state. So in this case, Ohio, to vote for a candidate. Um, and then they will relay their response to the U S Congress. However, the electoral college, the electors, they are not required to vote for the popular vote of their
0: state. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a super important um, thing for people to understand as like the primary system and the delegate system has been like criticized for people have been calling it, you know, like an oligarchy for saying like, The people in power get to hold on to power um, when, you know, it was originally designed in a time where there were less people in the United States um, so that people who, you know, had more of an eye towards politics could make those types of decisions. But now, you know, people in the United States um, are more educated than they used to be and, you know, want to make those decisions for themselves. So it's kind of an interesting debate. But yes, thank you for sharing that important information. Yeah,
1: I think that a lot of this as we learn about the process and the path of the presidency raises the question of, are these practices outdated since they have not been updated since the creation of the Constitution?
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, So yes, thank you for joining me today, Lily, and thank you all for listening. I hope you found this conversation useful, and um, thank you very much.